Hi, I'm William Stonegreen. This is my partner, Christ and Jeffries. Hello. And a few weeks back, we brought you a episode about author stream interpretation. I figured we'd say more focus to one side. Do you yeah. want to pick the side? I think I'd rather hear more about uh, yeah interpreter today. If that's okay. Okay, so should we just start with a basic idea of what an interpreter is? Would you like to fill everyone in? Ah, you've got me on the spot then. <laughs> ah, I believe an interpreter is one that can draw power and magics from stories that they read. Exactly. Yes. And uh, it really depends on what, what stories they read, isn't it? And what's their main and primary yeah, ability. That's true, yes. They can't just go willy-nilly towards any, any book and go, hey, I want that. Not always. Some, they can, but it won't be as powerful. I was going for they can enter stories. That too, yes. <laughs> and their power to enter stories is quite unique in fiction because mm -hmm. there's not many places that can actually enter stories that is true that is true tell us more about how you came up with the idea well uh, actually the og idea interpreters were going to be the only part of the race yeah and uh, there was going to be markings on one's hand and you were going to point it towards a book and you were going to enter it or pull something out. Okay. Or just levitate a bunch of books or stories or whatever. What kind of markings would they have had? Kind of like ancient symbolic things that ancient people would have considered witchcraft. Okay. See, I would have thought maybe they absorbed the story that they read, but, uh, the story that they went into. And it but... Uh, but, well, the ability, that idea got dumped for the more updated idea of binding rings. Yes. Which go on an interpreter's fingers, activating their solar sensitivity to change their biology. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Is that why now it's so versatile, I'd say? An interpreter's abilities are incredible. Incredibly, incredibly versatile. Yes. Just and an interpreter's abilities is called interpretation. Yes. Where did Jasmine go? Shh. That way. Sorry, she went. Sorry, there. that was Peter again. He's interrupting again. <laughs> are you recording? Yes, we are. <laughs> Sorry that. Uh. uh Anyway. It's just our third co-host. He likes to stay behind the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, interpretation. It's uh, basically there are some abilities. Like you can use any power you want just by holding a book. Okay. But so, it does. Yeah, explain. Yeah. Explain how. Like, can it be any kind of book? Well, it can be any kind of story. Okay. It can't be like a history book or something. Okay, so not like a science book or... No, it has to be a story, but yeah. it can be any story. Okay. So it can be a true story, a fictional story. As long as it's... A it can't be like, this is a bug. This bug is a, a, you know, or a flower named book. So not like any book. Not like any book, but yeah. story books. Okay. Their center of power is a library, but they do have a weakness. Okay. 
What was that weakness? Basically, an interpreter has to constantly carry books on them. Wouldn't that get Whether, heavy? Well, it can be any kind of book. It can be a kid's book, but preferably a book you're familiar with so you can trust it. Yes. It could be on a belt or in a satchel or in a jacket. Okay, okay. But, well, you have to carry them in case you're, like, out in the forest. Right. So uh, can you ask me how I'd beat an interpreter? How would you beat an interpreter? Well, if I was being chased by an interpreter, I'd get a bunch of friends and, forgive this terminology, but justice leave them. Okay. So you'd pretty much give them all powers? No, I'd justice leave them with a bunch of my friends. And I'd see either one of two approaches. I would have a bunch of friends with bats target the binding rings. All right. I have a bunch of friends target the binding rings. And then a bunch of friends, and then I'd go for the books. Yeah. Tear them away and destroy them so they can't draw any power from them. Or, my preferred method, force their power into opening a book when they go to attack you. Draw them in, and then shut it tight with some string or something. Okay. Or you go into the book, you get powers and beat them up. If I encountered an interpreter that wanted to kill me, I'd get a copy of Storyverse or one of the books, take them right into Cloud Nine, and have the witches demolish them. Hmm, that would be a way to go, wouldn't it? Yes. But think about that. You so know, interpreters are not invincible. They're not invincible, no. Okay, okay. But they like to portray that they are. Generally speaking, practitioners are thought of as gods. Yes, exactly. So when they get, like, all egotistical, very... Some do. That's called a highborn interpreter. Ah, the snobby ones. Exactly. <laughs> the Malfoys. The Malfoys, if you will, yes. The the strongest, oh, the gaunts. The gaunts. The gaunts. Throwing out those ones, are we, today? And then you also have the humble ones as well. Which yeah, is... like Tessa, and you've got the ones that hate their own ancestry like Snow, and then also. you've got the ones that just like, cool, I can do all this crap from the human world, and you've got all these different types of interpreter personalities. That is true. I suppose and it's you've what got makes them half unique. breed interpreters, but basically, historically, interpreters and authors have done some pretty horrible stuff. That's true. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Like, they, uh, they just take whatever they wanted from regular folk before temperance came along. Yeah, yeah. Temperance and did put the, the rules and boundaries in, didn't she? She did. Basically, after Abby got a lot defeated, there are a lot more rules and boundaries that practitioners had to follow. Obviously, or else they'd all turn out like Abigail. <laughs> well, they wouldn't all be as... They would all be... They'd probably be more evil, but less powerful. More selfishness, I think, would happen. More selfishness, yes. but a lot less powerful. Definitely, yeah. I don't think anyone... Uh, there's only really a few that can match Abigail's power. Yeah. Yeah. Only a small few that's true but even on her own tessa is quite powerful on herself and she uses most of her practitioner abilities to like, be powerful like uh she she doesn't want power for power's sake that's true 
she says in book one she wants to become a strong interpreter so she can protect people. Yes, which is a very, very heroic goal. And well, I would honestly say that she can't wait to pass on her ring and everything. Yes. She wants that thing out of her conscience. That is true. It does make her feel like there's a big weight around her neck. But if she did put it on, she would be the most powerful being in the story verse. Yes. So seriously surpassing Temperance and Abigail in her own. Should we talk a bit about some other interpreters, like uh, Mary Sword or Jim Rillstone or... I'd like to hear more about Jim Rillstone. Okay, that. so uh, she's a unique bloodline. And we don't hear much about her, do we? She's from the, ent- the main character from the Entering Stories in series. Yes. She's a bit... She doesn't have as many books, but she is, like, on Tess's level. That's true. And she's the dawn of a new bloodline, the real stone bloodline. Yeah. That's a basic overview. But shall we look at some of her powers? Yeah. Like, because she's got part of Snow's blood in her from the Moon family member, Zach Moon, she can use the same ice casting, but under a different name, Elfrigius. It's okay. so like Elfrigius and Freezer Lock. Alright, yep. She has the ability to She also has Green Hill family ability, so she can enter Green Hill territory, including the Green Hill households. Yep. Anyway, uh, she also but we should more focus on her ability with interpretation. Yes. So, she uses interpretation quite effectively, which is quite an evasive fighter, much like Tessa. Okay. But she understands her limitations and respects them. Yeah. And while she does get stronger with time, if that makes sense. Oh, she would, wouldn't she? Because more time, more practice, more abilities. Yes. And well... But Jem in herself is also a humble character as well. A very humble character. Yes. She doesn't give in to the whole, little stones are better than all. Anyway, should we maybe go to... What interpreter would you like to talk about in the entire story verse? In the entire story verse, obviously it's my favourite Snow because she is just incredible. So what would you like to know about her abilities and interpretation? I want to know... If she was able to focus more and less on how much she hates her lineage, do you reckon she would be powerful, like more powerful? I reckon she strives herself to become more powerful because of her desire not to be. Yeah. But she also doesn't want to be feared like how they fear her ancestors. Yes, the Moon family has a dark and bloody history, mainly... That's why many people won't befriend her, because she they're scared of her. Yeah, she's... She's sad, (laughs) because she is a beautiful person. And so I'm so glad that she found Tessa. And William. And William, Even after six books, she wasn't sure she had a true friend. Yeah, until now. Until until after book six, when William finds out about her (laughs) ever-library ancestry. Yeah. Anyway, the, should we talk about what you or I would do with interpretation? 
Ah, uh, sure. I don't know what I would do with interpretation. I would definitely go into all my favorite stories. That's for sure. Dragon Ball? Dragon Ball, yes. All my mom. Naruto? Naruto. I would never come back from the Hidden Leaf. What about you? Well, I go into stories a lot too, but I would also time travel the frick out of this world. <laughs> That's true. You would do that, wouldn't you? You do love yourself a good history story. Uh, yes. <laughs> So that's and also time to have on the thrick of this planet. Yeah. But obviously after COVID, because, you know, cross-general oh, yes. transmission. Well, if you go back in time, I suppose you could try to stop the, stop the Chinese man from eating I back. wouldn't do that because <laughs> it would actively change history and I'd actively be or interfering with the flow of events. The coronavirus could just be Thanos' work. I think it's either <laughs> from a lab in Wuhan or from bat sushi. It's bat sushi. 100% bat sushi. Because <laughs> who would do that? Fair enough. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, reckon, I, reckon, I reckon Ted and Todd would try that. They would try bat sushi. Admit it. They would yes, do it. They would, they would do it. Uh, they are, maybe even Flint. I reckon Flint might do it too. Or he'll, or he'll make it for someone and not tell them what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's more like Flint. Yeah. He'll be like, but... I made everyone lunch. It's chicken. <laughs> I like more than that. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> anyway. You do have a, you do have a, a, a smorgasbord of unique, random characters, and they are just more astounding than the other. Thank you. You're welcome. I really hope to get animated one day. It would be a great thing to be animated. Particularly 3D animated. Ooh, yes. That would be really cool. It would be, wouldn't it? If only. Anyway, for anyone who wants to see a bit of story of a stand up, because I know there's not a lot out there, yeah. check out uh, my the Storyverse Facebook, the Storyverse Twitter. It's got some fresh new. Art from Christner Jeffries. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not the greatest, but I tried. She's pretty good and she did a good job. For someone with a little experience. <laughs> Thank you so much, William. Well, by the way, my main piece of art is from a girl named Lola, but we'll get back to interpretation. Should we talk about a bit of the real world capabilities of interpretation? Yes. So, interpreters are harder to find than authors. So, if we could get binary means in reality, we would have a hard time finding interpreters. Would we? Yes, because, well, we wouldn't know how to track them down, and, well, we just have to try and look people up and hope that they're, and find out that they had a long running connection to books. Yes. So bookshops. Once you had one interpreter, we could use that to find other people with interpretation. And well, it would be a really dangerous thing in the world, because the full potential of interpretation is practically limitless. Yes. I mean, temperance is tapped into a lot of interpretation, but she hasn't even touched the upper limits. Yeah, that's true. Like, uh, sorry, Dumbledore, but. Temperance could kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. She probably could. But she would she would be so 
humble about it, though. She would be. Yeah, so would Dumbledore. I don't know, though. Dumbledore really doesn't like losing much. He doesn't lose often, so would he lose gracefully? Fair enough. Ah. But, well, when interpretation is... In Dragon Ball, you have to train to get more powerful. Yes. But in Storyverse, you have to study. You have to study different techniques, like in Harry Potter. Yeah. And, well, if interpretation existed in this world, it would be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, well... What do you think a real-world temperance would look like? Temperance? See, whenever I think of temperance, I think beautiful, darkish-skinned lady with piercing eyes and dark, flowy hair and just nice yes. white dress. Just, oh, just goddessy. <laughs> yeah, very that's, goddessy. That, 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 that's how I've always if imagined her in my head when I've read Percy it. Percy Jackson, she would kick the butts of all the gods and tell Oh, yes, life. 100%. 100%. Like uh, temperance, to give you an idea of how powerful interpretation is, Abigail brought a bunch of gods out of their stories. She's like a Greek god st- in my mind. Stole all their powers, mm-hmm. sewed them into a belt, gave them to a girl... Gave them to a girl, and basically Temperance could take her no problem until the girl shot Abigail's restraints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, well, Temperance is preoccupied with Abigail, and William Tessman Snow had to come and help. Yeah. But to put that in perspective, multiple layers of omnipotence, and Temperance still couldn't, and Temperance still kicked her butt. Yep. And even better. a third year like Tessa brought out one of the more powerful and more recent attached reality strike. Yeah. Which basically creates a swirling vortex. Okay. Of energy of like a swirling portal that goes up against an opponent and that managed to hold her off. Which yeah. is honestly pretty scary. I see, I just see her as all powerful. And Abigail, I see her roughly the same, but light-skinned, beautiful hair, and just with an aura around it, like a, like just a just a I'm sad, but like like a forbidden aura. Yeah, as it's yeah, put yeah. Like every time Abigail's aura is described in the books, it's always a forbidden feeling. Yes, it's like uh, I don't know. It's very hard to explain it. It's like very self-draining and you feel sorry for it but you fear at the same time yeah i would not want to come up against that anymore. oh definitely but not. going back to interpretation yes let's see what are some other notable examples what's big, actually, okay what's a big no-no what's the big no-no for what in anything with practicing what's a big no-no besides forbidden books Okay, well, that's a bit of a funny question. I'm sorry. <laughs> because, well... Because I know there isn't, there's, there's many rules. Can I finish? I'm sorry. Because uh, practitioners, they're still considered as godlike, and, well, they're pretty much treated as such because they can get away with a lot, even in modern times. Yeah. They really wouldn't really have many rules, would they? 
I wouldn't have too many, no. Yeah. Unless ones that were appointed by Temperance herself. No, by the story, you're the very dominant yeah. for And even still, they don't really see much harm in a lot of things, do they? Yeah, there's not that much limits to what practitioners are allowed to do. Okay. Is that any sense? They can get servants if they want them. Oh, okay. They can get... They can go into whatever book, do whatever they want. They're allowed to use whatever parts of their powers they want. But the main thing that they're not allowed to do is Abigail is quite demonized in their community. Yeah. And only some of the people that really knew her would have thought well of her. And, well, Abigail, she would have been quite aggressive towards people. Yeah. She would have been quite aggressive to and well it's basically the art forms that she teaches, they're the ones she's not allowed to do. That's true, that's true. Anyway Abigail is one tough nut to crack. That she is. But I'm I'm sure in the future books that She'll eventually come around. I'm sure she will too. Yeah. Because she'll see that no one's really trying to hurt her. She's just sad. Well, uh, she's quite self-aware for a villain. She is. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Anyway, perhaps we should talk about some of the three most powerful interpreters that ever lived. Red, blue, and yellow, who founded Mount Calostromus. Oh, I know what we should talk about. Book six. Book six? Okay. Remember, do you remember Interpreter William? I do. Well, let's talk about him for a sec, because, well, an interpreter's abilities are dependent on what style they learn. Yeah. Every interpreter starts out with the same stuff, but they use it differently. Okay. They develop different techniques, adapt different skills. But with Interpreter William, he spent all of his early life in the 300 years in a story in Netwatch, and, well, he developed a pretty efficient and deadly style of combat and of combat interpretation to go with his powers. Mm Mm-hmm. So his powers, they're downright dangerous. But he had different life experiences to classic William. Yeah. So he's a bit more rough around the edges. But let's talk about the possibility of adapting new styles for someone else to mount because... If you send any young interpreter into basically any story with a significant magic or anything, they would for a significant amount of time, they would adapt a style based on that story's magic system. Yes. Or culture or whatever. That makes sense. And well they would have they would have powerful weapons and they would develop a powerful style feel along with it. 
Mm-hmm. So that's a method of potentially developing a limited storyverse interpretation styles. Yeah. Pretty horror harrowing stuff. That is actually, yeah. It's pretty cool though. The way that this all works out. Mm-hmm. The way the interpreters are. Um, well, I think the main draw to being an interpreter is being able to answer stories. What do you think? Yeah. Like that would be really cool. Many times I've read a book going, oh, I wish I was there. I wish I could see this. wish I could be a part of this. Cool. And you've created a world where the world gets to go inside the other world. <laughs> it's a conundrum. It's like Inception of books. <laughs> What's Inception? Uh, it's, a, it's a weird movie. Yeah. Like, it took me a while to understand it. My only reference to that is how I make them Ah, yeah. Anyway, interpretation is a technique is a technique that relies on binding rings, and that probably is my significant weakness. Yeah, but yeah. thank you for your time, and we'll see you when we see you.